All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Rob Pratt Show. Time to saddle up and, you know, coming in this morning, listening to Gladys Knight and the Pips and Memories, and I thought, well, what an appropriate song to have this gentleman in the studio today. It is my honor to welcome one of my dearest friends, Dave Polovich, of course. GodSaidManSaid.com. All you need to do is click on, and they, as they say, the rest is history. David, good morning, and it's an honor and a pleasure to have you here at the world's first radio station, KDKA. Absolutely, Rob. Good morning to you, man. It's good seeing you again. It's uh, been a long time, and uh, you're always fond in my memories. You're the voice of Pittsburgh. Well, let's go back to how we met. And you kind of told another twist to that story that you have to talk about. We're going to kind of keep you the majority of the hour. I have a guest at the bottom of the hour, but you are truly a, a big ticket item, and I'm going to need more than just one segment. So, Tell the story that you just told me moments ago and how our journey began almost, what, 35 years ago. No, that's right. <clears throat> well, when it really began, of course, was 42 years ago. I, uh, I became born again, what the Bible calls born again, which simply means born a second time. And we were all born the first time wrong. We were born sons and daughters of Adam. And Jesus said we must be born again, which means we become sons and daughters of God. And so once I had given my heart to Christ, I uh, became very enthusiastic, as one should be, for the testimony of the Lord. And I was uh, uh, instrumental in the ministry, working in the ministry. And uh, we did a radio broadcast called The Trumpet of the Lord, the Bread of Life radio broadcast. And we used to broadcast out of WOHI out of East Liverpool, Ohio. And because uh, we, our church, Maranatha Chapels in Glenmore, which is the East Liverpool zip code right outside of Calcutta. And in those days, we also published a newspaper called the Western Advertiser. My father and I and the family, my wife and I, we were all working on that paper uh, all the time. Things were very bad. Steel had uh, died in the Ohio Valley. Uh, we used to be one of the richest counties in the United States, and we were just a couple steps uh, above Appalachia. All the professional businesses left, and businesses were in bad straits. And so was the Western Advertiser, which sold advertising to businesses. And uh, about that time, I often said I was twice below the poverty level. And uh, my, uh, uh, they'd repossessed my automobile. And uh, I got it back the same day, but they repoed it because I was back a couple payments. And we were back three payments on the house, and they were getting ready. I knew after three payments, that's when they come for your home. So... Uh, my wife and I, and we'd been praying about it, asking God for help in this matter. And uh, just about uh, oh, a week or so before this event, uh, I was in the living room. I got on my knees and I said, uh, God, I said, they're going to, I got three little children. I said, they're going to take my home. I don't have any place to go. I said, I need help. I need some supernatural intervention because the business isn't turning around. It's going to be quite a while before there's going to be any kind of cash moving in to pay debts. And so I went to church that Sunday night and I was working for the Lord in the house of the Lord. And when I came home that evening, I had my wife and my three children in the car. All the lights were on in the house and all the doors were knocked open. So I knew that the burglars had come to the home. So I said to my wife, I said, honey, I said, you stay in the car with the kids. I'm going to go in and find out what's happening. And I was mad, real mad, and, uh, and, and, and physically capable of doing damage to whoever was in there. And I had that intent. And that went on for about 30 seconds, and God spoke to my heart, and he said to me, this is going to work for your good. Now, it was kind of hard to see, because I got a burglar that tore up the entire home. 
I go in the home and uh, all the drawers are pulled out and the clothing is cast every place and um, they just tore everything up. And they, one thing that they had stolen was my audio system that I used to make the Trumpet of the Lord radio broadcast. And of course, you see me and I just drop off a reel and I turn around and go out. Well, anyway, what happened there was uh, uh, the bank, we had uh, the mortgage, of course, and the bank uh, uh, took the money, the 7700 I think it was $7,717, if my memory serves me right, and took it to the end of the mortgage and didn't even pay off my payments that I owed. So I was still in trouble. Uh, at, at that particular time, we were in a uh, professional building uh, in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, and we were in the cellar, but we used to call it the lower level of the professional building. I'd take a freight elevator to get down the, on the back end of the place. Hold that thought. Yeah. I got to take a break because, as you know, in this business, yeah. <laughs> we have to pay some bills. KDKA. All right, back with Dave Polovich. Of course, it is GodSaidManSaid.com. All right, pick up the story. All right, Rob. So what had happened was uh, the burglars, this is the saga of the burglars. And how God does things and sometimes very strange to see initially. I mean, you need to look a little deeper than its surface. And so uh, the burglars had come and they'd robbed my home and took anything that was of value. And there wasn't a lot of value there. But my, my uh, taping system, of course, everything was done on reel-to-reel in those days. My taping system, they took that that I used to broadcast trumpet of the Lord. Well, anyway, in, in the professional building we were in, uh, there was a loan company, a beneficial loan company. And we had a loan with them because we had to borrow money from them. I think it was 23% interest uh, to make payroll. And so that day, my wife was coming into the office, and the lady at Beneficial stopped her and was just uh, having casual conversation and found out that the home had been burglarized. And we didn't know that Beneficial also had a loan on the home, but they paid us in cash in a check. They had to pay off on the, uh, on the loan as well, on the insurance policy. And we used that money to pay off all the back debts on the house and uh, other debts as well. And it was the hand of God uh, ministering unto us in a most uh, unsuspecting way. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. The Bible says all things work together for the good to them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So the story goes on from there. So I had to come down to Wohai with the uh, tape. Instead of having the tape, I had to come down and broadcast live. So this is when I met Rob and uh, we became friends, and he's been a big booster of God said, man said ever since that time, and it's been um, a marvelous thing to see. But uh, now I'm here in the studio after 35 years, all from burglars that came to the home. Well, let me tell you something. This is how God works in mysterious ways. I had a guest planned, and I was going to put him on and bring you back, but he's been nice enough to delay until 6.45 today, his appearance, because there's so much I want to get to you. And I can't stress enough that I want people to check out GodSaidManSaid.com. It's powerful. It's cutting edge. You may want to listen to it by yourself the first time before you let others chime in because you don't want to miss a single moment of it. And it's a little rough. I mean, it's to the point. And uh, we're going to give you some of that true grit of God said, man said, before the hour is up. But as in all of our lives, we have moments that we're not proud of. And Dave, I was telling Jessica Berardino, my young producer, earlier today, how proud I was to have you here and how I met you many years ago. And when you said earlier you had the physical ability to handle these guys, you had a, a past as a young man 
that a, a lot of people can identify with. And maybe there's some parents out there who are dealing with these issues with their children who are wondering if there's any hope. And that hope is in Jesus. Can you tell me about that? Well, yeah, I had uh, what had happened in my life was I would become a, a Christian when I was nine years old. And I became really born again. I understood the difference between sin and righteousness and heaven and hell. Came to grips with death. And uh, about 12 years old, uh, in those days, people didn't talk to their children about sexuality. So I reached about 12 years old. I started becoming a man, started having these thoughts. I didn't know what they were. And I fell into what the Bible calls condemnation. And I felt condemned that these evil thoughts could actually be in my mind, not realizing that I didn't create the evil thoughts, that every thought that came into my mind had been thought a billion times before, and that somebody else was promoting these thoughts, and I didn't understand these things. And I didn't say anything to my parents because I was embarrassed, and nobody spoke about sexual things. I fell into condemnation and fell into sin and walked away from the Lord. And for uh, many years there, I was uh, in trouble. I was in school, trouble in school. I'd been thrown out of the school system, uh, expelled forever in the state of Pennsylvania. I had uh, problems with the juvenile authorities, problems with alcohol. Uh, Not an alcoholic, probably, just drunk plenty of time. Uh, You know, marijuana and all those things were coming into play. It was caught up in all of those things. Uh, A lot of bad action. Went into the military. Uh, came out of the military, still uh, maybe a little rougher than when I went in. Um, and I uh, uh, gave my heart to Christ in, when I was 23 years old, November 8th, 1970. That's my real birthday. And so really I'm only going to be 43 this year. You were one bad actor, there's no doubt. So on this day that you remember as though it was yesterday, what happened? What overcame you? What 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 became a part of you that was never a part of you before? And what finally made you realize that there was a transition and it was where you needed to go if you wanted to survive? Well, I understood uh, because I'd been uh, a Christian for three years before I fell deep. And the Bible says if you turn your back on Christ, you're many times worse than if you had never even heard the message. And that was an example of me. I was the worst of all the bad people. Uh, there were bad people. I was the king of the bad. And so I had, uh, what happened was, uh, I was going through life. I realized that this couldn't be it. And uh, in the middle of the night, I'd be riding down the road, and I'd say, God, this can't be it. This can't, got to be something more than this. This is terrible when I'm in, I'm in the middle. I, I knew I was in trouble. And I had gotten married, and we were staying at my parents' home, waiting for an apartment to come open in Beaver. And my father and mother, of course, both loved the Lord dearly. And uh, my father would ask me to go to church. And at that time, we were going to Wildwood Chapel in Aliquippa. And so I felt kind of obligated because I was staying in this house. So, okay, I went to the service. I said, okay, I told my wife, I said, let's go. I said, I have to appease him. And uh, she had a heart for God, but uh, she wasn't born again. And I was riding down Broadhead Road at that time. There was no Route 60, or now, what is it, 376. There was no Route 60 there. Right. Broadhead Road was the road that connected the valley. So I'm riding down Broadhead Road, and the, I ride around the bend in the road, and there was a guy that had an insurance agency in the cellar of his house on Broadhead Road. If he's listening right now, he'll know who he is. And I'm riding around the bend. I see the insurance agency, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God speaks to me and says, you're going to die. Well, I'd been in very many dangerous positions and never really bothered me in the past. I was a good talker. I could bluff my way out of most things. At this time, it shook me. 
And I was riding down the road with, at that particular time. My wife, who was my girlfriend, and I shook it off. I didn't say anything to her. So anyway, uh, we, we get married. This is all in the middle of the same kind of time frame. So the second time my father asked me to go to the meeting, I said, all right, one more. I said, I'll go. And I went second time. And the conviction on me was fierce. Uh, in the Bible, it speaks about people that have devils. Well, I had devils. I didn't know what they were, but I had devils. I was bound by devils. And so I went to the second meeting. As soon as the service would be over, I'd be out the door so nobody could talk to me because I was convicted. I was under serious conviction. So one more time he asked me, and I told my, I told my, she's my wife now, and I said, this won't happen again. I'm going, this is the last time I'm going. So we go to the service, and if you understand uh, the spiritual gifts that are written about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, one of them is called the gift of knowledge. And uh, I was in the service, and uh, as soon as they, everybody stood up in the church, it was a very small group at the time, I was making my way to the door because I said, that's it, I'm never coming back again. This is enough for me. And uh, uh, there was, I went to put my hand on the door to leave the church, and there was a word of prophecy that came out of the altar, and the pastor couldn't see me. Uh, it was, it, he couldn't see me. And I went to put my hand on the door, and the word from the altar was, you think you're hard, you think you're very hard, but the shell of a turtle can be cracked. And it shook me to my core because I knew that was for me. I had my hand on the door, and that same spirit that spoke to me on Broadhead Road said, if you go out this door, you're a dead man. And what happened was at this time, now I was a minister all these years, I understand what was happening. These devils were being confronted in me, and I had to make a decision, whether I was going out the door with the evil or whether I was going to turn my life around for Christ. And so I turned around. It felt like my head actually was spinning on my shoulders. I was disoriented at this moment. I grabbed my wife by the hand, and we're married now for a few weeks, and then we head to the altar. And before I got there, I was crying so hard uh, that I couldn't see where I was going. So I just fell on the floor, fell on the floor. And I cried out for about 45 minutes, and literally there was a puddle of tears on the ground. I, I cried a puddle of tears. And it felt, I, I didn't know what I was saying, but I said it felt like my stomach was being turned inside out. And if you're a student of the scriptures, you'll know that the spirit dwells in the belly. And, of course, that's when I became a Christian, was born again. We'll take a break. We'll come back. GodSaidManSaid.com. Stay tuned. All right. It is uh, 50 at the airport, 53 in Pittsburgh. It's uh, 535. Next KDK News comes your way at 6. Breaking news at once on News Radio 1020 KDK. The Rob Pratt Show, where Pittsburgh comes to talk every weekend. News Radio 1020 KDKA. All right, back, Dave Polovich, God said, man said. Now, this is where we take the gloves off. And uh, if you have any small children in the room, you may want them to go into another room because it's graphic, it's to the point, and it's what we all need to hear. Dave, I, I actually believe this. Rapture, end of the world. As crazy as it sounds, I sit in this beautiful radio station that I'm blessed to work at every day, and I hear the headlines. I pick up the paper every morning. I take it into my house. Sometimes it overwhelms me. It's where I sit at my kitchen and I go with a cup of coffee, you know, waiting for my children to get up to take the bus to go to school. Are we going to survive another day? There are so many evil things happening in the world right now that it has to be biblical. My heart of hearts tells me we're about ready to close the book on this world that we know it, as we know it. Well, that's that's true, Rob. I'll tell you, the of course, they the saints all believed that Jesus Christ, his return was eminent all the way back into the New Testament. 
Nobody knew the exact time. Jesus said, I don't even know the exact time. He said, only my father knows this, and God keeps it close to the vest. But Jesus spoke about many signs that we could watch that would let us know how close it was for his return. And one of them was called in the scriptures, the budding of the fig tree. And the budding of the fig tree, he said, the, uh, after in Matthew chapter 24, it's also in some, uh, I think it's in also the Gospel of Mark, when he goes over the, uh, all the situations uh, for the end of the world, he comes to uh, this concept of the budding of the fig tree, and he says, the generation that sees the budding of the fig tree will not pass until all is fulfilled. And uh, if you go into Jeremiah chapter 24, you'll find out that the fig tree is Israel. And God says to Jeremiah, he says, what do you see, Jeremiah? And he says, I see two baskets of figs, one basket very naughty that cannot be eaten, and one basket very good. And God said, the naughty figs that you saw are the bad Israel that exists right now. He says, I'm going to scatter them to the four corners of the earth. He said, the second basket of figs you saw is going to be the Israel I'm going to restore. And I'm going to draw them back to their country. I'm going to fish for their souls. And these are different passages in the Bible. And draw them back to their homeland and restore them as a nation. And, of course, for 2,500 years approximately, with the exception of a couple little stints of time, uh, Israel was missing from the globe. They didn't come back onto the globe. It was called Palestine. It didn't come back to the globe until 1948 when it was reestablished as a nation. And it's amazing when you see how God works through circumstances and situations. This evil Adolf Hitler was actually God's fisherman. Not that he was good. The Bible says God uses the wicked as his sword. And so the evil that Adolf Hitler did uh, changed the mood of the world and uh, the nature of the situation. And Israel was restored and they were placed back on the map. Now, that's 1948. And Jesus said, if we're reading this correctly... The generation that sees this will not end until all is completed. So many things have to happen. In Zechariah chapter 14, God says, I'll draw all the nations of the world against Israel, and they're lining up. And even our own country has turned its back uh, in considerable ways upon the Jewish people in Israel, and uh, everyone's aware of that that follows the news. So the time is short now, and if that's true, I was born in 1947, and so I am the generation, so keep an eye on me. So my generation, if we're reading it right, and even in the days of the apostles, they believed that that was the concept, and that was the piece that learned a parable of the budding of the fig tree, meaning there's a secret inside this. Um, I was seeing something on Facebook the other day. Benjamin Netanyahu was having a snowball fight with his children, and I shared it with everyone. I have much respect for him, as I do the nation of Israel, the state of Israel. Where do you think these marvelous people draw their strength from because if there has been any member of our society who has been beaten down it has been those that are jewish where do they draw their strength from and help me with that because i i, I literally search for that answer daily well the children of israel are the seed of abraham and the seed of Ab abraham of course is the father of faith and he's the father of israel and he's also the father of all christian faith and so the jewish people right now are in a state um, where uh, they're waiting for their Messiah. They're looking for their Messiah. They don't realize that he already came. Students of the scriptures, such as us, we understand that the Messiah is Jesus Christ. He was uh, on his cross. Uh, Pontius Pilate put the note, Jesus, the King of the Jews. 
And the Jews in those days, the leadership, although a lot of the Jewish people followed Christ, and there's a lot of Christian Jews today that follow Christ. But the Jews, they, uh, they have been chosen for a time and a place. They will be at the center of Armageddon. They will be at the center of the end of the world. When Zechariah, that I quoted earlier, um, prophesies of the end and the Jewish people, what's going to be happening in the end, uh, he says that uh, uh, they shall. Uh, it says that they will say to him, "Where did you get the holes in your hands?" And Zechariah says uh, uh, he will say, "Jesus will." The Messiah will say to them, "I got them in the house of my friends." Another passage in Zechariah says, "They will look upon him whom they've pierced." Now, the Jews right now are not on the Christian side of the equation, but they will be. And what happens, according to Zechariah 13, the last few verses, he says this. He said that at the end, two-thirds of the Jewish people are going to be killed. The actual casualty list is posted. Well, two-thirds is 0.666. And so you understand the Antichrist and the mark of the beast is 666. So this is no uh, uh, coincidence that it says two parts will be cut off. One part will be left. And then it says Jerusalem will be taken and half of the city will be uh, will be under the control of the Gentiles. Uh, the women will be ravished. The city, the, the houses rifled. It says that one th- and the rest of the Jews will be holed up in the last half of Jerusalem. And then what happens at this point is magnificent and glorious. The Bible says in Zechariah that the Lord will return and fight for the children of Israel as he did in the days of old. And he will land with his feet upon the Mount of Olives, and there will be a colossal earthquake that will strike the entire earth. The Bible says every mountain, and this is global, will fall down flat, and every island will disappear because islands are simply the peaks of mountains. So this battle, this is called the Battle of Armageddon. And uh, then at this point, the remaining Jews will turn their hearts to Christ, according to the New Testament. And the whole, all the nation will be Christians then, followers of Christ and not the followers of Moses, which will be Christ is the fulfillment of Mosaic law. And, of course, you don't understand that if you're not in the New Testament side. So all of their power and their ability, they're the seed of Abraham. They have been placed upon the earth to culminate, uh, to destroy the works of, of the enemy, not realizing uh, the, uh, the entire picture right now because they haven't come to Christ as, uh, as their Savior. You are amazing. When we come back, we're going to talk about your website and, and what, what, what risk you took. And, and I've seen this from afar, and I would always say, boy, this guy has so much to lose, but in his opinion, he has everything to gain. God said, man said, And I said, you should understand if the first five words of the Bible have so much, uh, cause so much angst that the rest of it's going to cause a lot of trouble. So the word of God, uh, when you stand for the word of God, you're going to receive persecution. And I understood when we started God said, man said, I set it up as a standing corporation with my own, with my name only attached to it because of potential legal ramifications coming up. Uh, we were uh, we were blocked from airing space in Chicago and New York City, uh, all over this country, uh, blocked from the Wall Street Journal, from the New York Times, from placing advertisements about God said, man said, and people find this offensive. But look at the other things they're promoting and advertising. And we challenged it, but uh, what the word was, as long as they, you can't prove that they discriminated against you, you have no legal grounds to force them to take your spots. 
And so we were blocked all over the place. We were blocked in Pittsburgh. We were blocked all over the country in different marketplaces. Even a Christian station out of uh, Texas blocked us from airing space because they said it was going to be offensive to their audience. And God Said, Man Said is, um, is what's known as the Sola Scriptura platform. Sola Scriptura is a Greek term that means scriptures alone. And uh, back in the Reformation, back in the days of Christ, all the way back into Deuteronomy, where the Bible says, do not add or subtract from the scriptures, we are scriptures alone. We have no denomination. We have no affiliation with any denomination. We are strictly the Bible. So God said, man said, prove scholastically and pragmatically that God's alive, that he authored the scriptures, and that he's going to hold every man accountable to it at judgment day. And so it's controversial. So when we went out with that, we understood, I understood, uh, the battle was uh, going to be in front of us with this product. Now, right to the point, and this is like a, a right cross to the chin, and, it, and, and it, believe me, it will stun you, it will shock you, but it will truly make you understand why I have such respect for this man and what he does. Tell everybody exactly what God said, man said, is all about. Well, God said, man said, is a proof text, and we use a, a four-step platform to prove God. It's very important because if the Bible is the Word of God, as the Bible declares it to be, uh, you're required uh, to build your life upon it. You're required to lean on it with all of your confidences. So we use a four-step proof text. Number one, you'll go on the site, and on the navigation bar on the left, you'll see archaeology. And there'll be a multitude of spots, uh, features that deal with archaeology. And we use archaeology to prove that the Bible is a reliable history book. The next category is prophecy. And we'll go down and we'll show you the biblical prophecies and what God said, what actually happened, what history reports. And we use prophecy and we hook it with probability. What are the odds? that a man could have made this prediction and actually have it come to pass. And one might be, uh, some of the odds are, are, are beyond verbiage, the numbers are beyond verbiage, but let's suppose it was one chance in five million that a man could have made these predictions and have them come to pass. Well, that means that's 4,999,999 chances out of five million it was God. So we use prophecy, and you'll see a multitude of features on prophecy. Uh, the third issue is, is how we get the namesake of this, uh, of this website, which is God said, man said. And that does this. We'll say God said yes, man said no. Now here's the consequences of our evil. For instance, God commands against fornication. Now today fornication is a popular thing. He commands against any sexual relationship outside of the marriage bed. Well, men have kind of thrown that out. That's kind of a joke, and uh, it's uh, the foolishness to them. Yet there are sexually transmitted diseases. It's a pandemic in this country with 70 million Americans that have on their body warts and lesions that, can, uh, that is from sexual activity, from fornication. So uh, God said, man said, God said, don't do it. Man said, ah, baloney, I'm going to do it. And I said, well, count 70 million. And this is what happens. And the fourth one is the historicity of Jesus Christ. Was there a Jesus Christ? Can we prove there was a Jesus Christ? More proof that there was Jesus Christ in George Washington. And so we use this four-platform uh, four, uh, system to prove that the Bible is absolutely inerrant and perfect because you're required to stake your whole life on it if you're a Christian. With everything that we have in today's world, especially the technology, why is it that that Bible is still 
as true today as it was when it was written? Well, it's because it was written by the Creator. Uh, The whole thing, the whole problem began in the Garden of Eden. Now, the Garden of Eden, uh, this is not some fictitious uh, storytelling place. This is a real place. Ancient histories record it. I mean, they have it uh, geographically located on the earth. They can't be totally sure of that because of the flood of Noah wiped out the whole terrain. Um, But in the garden, there was uh, a first voice, was God's voice. When the first voice was obeyed, they lived in paradise. They were immortal. They would live forever. Up the road, a second voice started to talk in the garden, and it was Satan's voice. And he contradicted God's voice. And so our grandma, Eve, and our grandpa, Adam, followed the devil. And the Bible says the law of sin and death began to reign. Ever since that time, what happened was, the same day they ate of the fruit and disobeyed God, they were booted out of paradise and lost their immortality. The same day. It was hundreds of years later before they physically died, but they were spiritually dead that moment. And the battle between the first voice and the second voice has continued to this day, and it will continue all the way into eternity because the very battle of Armageddon that we talked about earlier is a result of the second voice. And so the Bible is the first voice, and the uh, world, uh, of course, uh, doesn't want anything to do with it. Jesus said, because your deeds are evil, you don't want to come to the light. I have one minute left, and please come back. God said, man said, dot com. Is the devil winning? Well, no. Well, he's winning with those that embrace him. At the very end, it looks like he won. But I told you what happens at the Battle of Armageddon, and the table is turned, and judgment falls upon the wicked. Will that be a battle of all battles between good and evil? That'll be it. That the world will witness? Well, on God said, man said, there's a subject called the, chron- the chronology of the, uh, the beginning and the end, the chronology. And uh, we go through the whole chronology. Jesus sets up what the Bible calls a thousand-year reign right on the hip of Armageddon. But at the end of the thousand years, because Satan is bound in a bottomless pit for a thousand years, the scriptures speak about this. At the end of the thousand years, Satan is released from the bottomless pit for a short time. And uh, the nations that are on the earth come to battle against God again. But God says, you won't fight in that battle. I'll settle this score. And that's the very end of the end of everything. But the end of the world as we know it will be Armageddon. You know, as I said earlier, and I'll say it again, one of the most amazing men I've ever met. And I'm honored to know you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Rob. Godsaidmansaid.com.